feel like we need the intro music to Halloween. Oh yeah. Speaking of monsters, cold night. Is it like cold in here? Warm in here? Nah, I'm good. It's been so long since we've done this. I know. Well, in the first time ever, we're christening the Parababel Studios. The new mm-hmm. Parababel Studios. The new improved. It's like legit. There's like even a computer in here. Yeah, there is. So if we needed to like hurry up and do some quick research. Yeah. Hop on the old interwebs and look up some stuff. The old interwebs. It's amazing what you can find on those interwebs. Yep. Yeah, so I seriously, um, I forgot how to do this. Um, I think I, I think we got to start by saying, is this thing on? Is this thing me? is this thing on? It, it, is this the same group? Who are you guys? I feel like we need to tap on the microphone. I don't know who anybody is anymore. So much has happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like life changing events. Mm-hmm. We have a new studio. I mean, the old studio is no more. We're recording this right now. Hello. See, somebody agrees. Yeah. We're recording in the new pair of Apple Studios. It's it's new. I know we bullshitted a lot before, but this is like a real studio almost. Because <laughs> it's like our own room. It's not my kitchen in my apartment. Seriously. Yeah. Hey, every play, everybody's got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. It is kind of like the end of an era, though. You know, yeah. you think about it, 60-something episodes. Yeah. Now we're starting all over again. I don't have to turn my fridge off anymore, so it's not <laughs> the background of every episode. <laughs> now you can put out the blooper reels. Yeah. Like that one yep. time when we tried to do an episode and that dog kept barking in the background. Oh, that's going to happen all the time now. <laughs> we have chupacabras here. You have a chupacabra farm? Particularly a chupacabra is here, Crunch. Are we recording? Yeah, sure. Are we really? Yeah. Yeah, we have been. <laughs> what are you talking about? We have been. I thought I said we should be recording this. He was. You were? He I is. Am. This is live. Well, what the hell happened here? Live action. <laughs> wow, Twilight Zone. Yep. Oh man, sorry. <laughs> the official Parababble food is back. Mm-hmm. Sponsored by Nabisco. Sponsored by the noisiest chips we could possibly find. So, um, let me ask. What are we doing here? We don't know. We're still trying to figure I that out. I think we have to say who we are first since we haven't been in an episode for like three years. Someone actually... Three years. Mm-hmm. Someone actually asked me about um, podcast today. Yeah, and I forgot that I was on one. <laughs> I said, "Oh," and the lady goes, "Well, can we can we watch it on TV?" Well, that's not really a podcast. She goes, "That's a TV show, right?" Mm-hmm. That's a TV show. I said, "You could put your little things in your ears, your earmuffs, uh-huh, and then you can listen to it at work if you like." And she goes, "Oh," she didn't ask the name, so I didn't tell her because I forgot. <laughs> Yep. But um yeah, I, I what so was the name? You you sent out like mail to Air say, quotes. Hey, we need to show up here. Mm-hmm. And a letter we have a in the room. mail. Yep. We have a room here where we can get together and talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. So the parallel studio. Right. Now that we've been here for a little while and we've warmed up a little bit to each other and got reacquainted, I feel as though we could talk about stuff. I think we have to um, first let everyone know that while um, Jeff and I were abducted by aliens, which is why we weren't on the show, uh, Again. Rob, Rob got married. Did I? Two aliens? Uh, no, she's not an alien. Oh. We're pretty sure she's human. Okay. I think? I mean... You don't know? You don't know. I mean... Was this our off-season then? Yeah, let's say it was the off season. Now we have to yeah. be back. We had, now we had to do. This is our time of the year now. There was a new Parababel studio. Mm-hmm. There was marriages happening. There was dogs being you mean adopted. Chup- chupacabras. Yes. Chupacabras. Chupacabra. A chupacabra. Yes. For who, now. who will probably interrupt this episode at some point? It's okay. That's like the. It's the mascot. Yes. Yeah. I should note that he is a chupacabra who was a little self conscious about the whole hairless thing. Mm-hmm. He went in for hair plant treatment, and he has hair now. He's got hair plugs. Yes. So the, okay. that is the outcome that we saw on the Parababble page. He is a chupacabra oh, with par- hair plugs. Did you just say Parababble? I don't realize I said is? that. <laughs> oh, my. Was it, was that the name of our show? I think so. 
If I remember correctly, it was, oh. called, it was called Parababble. I could Google it. Would it even come up these days? I mean, the internet is oh, so long ago. Look at that. It's coming up. <laughs> it's uh, it's on iTunes, Spotify, and uh, Stitcher. That's the other one, yeah. I see it here now. Are we off Podbean now? Well, Podbean's like our host. Nobody goes to Podbean, really, do they? I do. You My do. phone blows. No, they go to iTunes or Spotify. Let's I, be real about That's it. our new pickup is Spotify. I know. We like to thank the sponsors there. Spotify opened up to everybody today, but we were there first. We were in the exclusive club. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's kind of good to be exclusive. And right? it took them like three months to verify us. And Well, that's a lot of footage they had to go through to listen to us. I wonder if that's how that actually worked. I'm sure it didn't. I don't know. If there's anyone out there listening, let us know how Spotify works. I'd be curious to know how the magical little button that you hit, how you get on that. It was under review for quite some time. That's way too long for us, though. Well, the bottom line is is that now we're on there, and people can listen to all, what, 60-something episodes? This might be... I, yeah, is I don't know. episode 70? It might be. Let's check. It might be episode 70. Let's check. I'm just saying. Research time. What are we going to do for the 100th episode? I don't know, but at this rate, it's not going to happen for like three years, so we have time to think <laughs> about it. we start doubling up. I wouldn't say it's going to take three years. We've done 60-something episodes Look, in three I years. Para, I put P-A-R-A in Spotify, and I don't see Parababble coming up right away here. Uh-oh. I see... We've lost our spot. Paramore? Well, they are pretty popular, Paramore, you know. But they're more popular than us? Yeah, they're a band, yeah. Redhead. <laughs> They're pretty popular. I see a blonde. Oh, well, she, she might, might be, be blonde now. Yeah. But when I knew about her, she was a redhead. Para, and then I put the B and I get Parabelle, which is another artist. Yeah. Para, let's see how long it takes for Parababel to come up on its own. Oh, I put another A in there, and now Paramore's back. B. There we go. Okay, here we are. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, this is episode 70. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Nikes. Okay, well, there we go. Now our, last, our last episode went up August 9th. Oh, my God. We're sorry, people. What the hell people. is wrong with us? If you've been sitting at work bored out of your minds because you have no Parababble episodes to listen to, we apologize. That's probably been the longest hiatus we've ever had. I think so. That was the first hiatus. Our last episode was mystery, Mysterious Disappearances and Murders. Yeah, did they... Which uh, were originally going to be just Mysterious Disappearances, I think. How about Mysterious Disappearances of Parababble? Oh, I remember that. That's when we talked about all the dead kids. Yeah. 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 kids. So cute. That's why we needed some we needed some counseling after that episode. Sorry. <laughs> that was my fault. What is the episode about tonight? I don't know. What is that episode about? <laughs> I was gonna take it dark again, but oh. I'm glad I'm glad I didn't because really? I just realized that was the last episode that went out. So So we're gonna do a lighter a lighter side of sure. I tonight. doubt that. <laughs> well I got my notes. Oh great. So, um... Golf clap. Happy Halloween, right? Yes. Ooh, spooky. We got no spooky music? No. Okay. We're Just still working that. on Just that. do that. Just do the... Ooh. 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 Ah. Isn't that what, like, ghosts do? Boo. Right? That's what I hear. I've never seen one. I mean, we could ask Kesha what seen... ghosts do. She yeah. knows. <laughs> Why? What does Kesha know? Do we want to get into this again? Yeah. No. You have to go back through the Parababble episodes if you want to know about Kesha. Someone asked me today, the same person... Asked me today, do you listen to your own episodes? I go, hell no. Not after the first ten. I do. I listen to them because half the time I can't remember what we talked about. Well, that's because some people go off topic all the time. Yeah. Yes, Rob. What, what are you talking about? <laughs> I did take over one episode, though. I was looking in the archives. Mm-hmm. There was one episode that I kind of... You take over episodes if they have to do with two things. Mothman? Yeah, that was it. And serial killers. Yeah. <laughs> One of them was a, I believe it was a cryptozoology episode that, that you took over. became a Mothman episode, yes. solely a Mothman mm-hmm. episode. There's no sense. crypto episode. It's just Mothman. Mothman. It's a great so, song. We're going to talk about Halloween today. Halloween. This evening. Ooh. It is a Friday evening in our world, is it not? It is. Mm-hmm. But, Which is not a normal night for us to be parababbling either. But it, it kind of fits the bill. Yes. But before we go in there, we've had mail come in to us, right? <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. No. Did we? You didn't read it. <laughs> you didn't read the book. That you didn't came. read the book. Oh, that's the one I gave up on after a paragraph? Mm-hmm. Okay. That actually came into our prone website, though, What's not that? our Bible. Yeah, our ghost hunting group. What's that? Prone. Paranormal researchers of Niagara and Erie. That's not real, is it? It is. It is. Ten-year anniversary this year. Really crazy. Was it an email? Yeah, it was an email. But was it part of a book? No, it was a a very detailed, very detailed uh, email about a person who believes that they were under a voodoo spell. Right. And (laughs) they were living with this entity trying to please this entity so that it stopped causing havoc in their lives. But no matter where he went or whatever he tried to turn the corner on, it would not let him free. Yeah. It was very strange. Um, Is he still under? I don't know, because I kind of felt like at some point um, it was going to be signed by a Nigerian prince who wanted me to send him $500. <laughs> oh, 500 Yeah. It was a very... Um, That's all? The way that it was written was almost like robot-like. And wasn't very, like, I don't know. It didn't sound like it came from a person. It was just... I wonder how many other groups out there got something like that. I don't know. Probably all of them. Yeah, I mean, if anybody got... If anybody out there that listens to the show um, has a paranormal group and got an email titled Voodoo Help, I think that's what it was, Mm -hmm. right? Like Voodoo Hoodoo Help Mm -hmm. or something like that. uh, Yeah, pop us a line and let us know because I can't assume that we would be the only group that would get that. Uh, also, actually, you know, it would be really cool because we get weird shit all the time on that email. Yeah. If you're a paranormal group that has weird shit emails come through, feel free to share them because that would make an awesome episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that yeah. would. The strangest emails ever received. Mm-hmm. Yep. But we also did get an email from a legitimate paranormal group that um, actually did come to Parababel. Uh, we had a group send us some photos of something that they caught, which, you know, was interesting to look at. And I think uh, we all kind of spent some time just thinking about that. Yeah. That yeah. was, it, it was tough at first. Yeah. I mean, regardless of whether we think it is or it isn't, I still think it's neat to kind of, you know, see what other people are doing. See what they're seeing or yeah. try to get an idea of what yeah. they're seeing because, yeah. you know, we've always had that long, long standing thing. Before anyone says to anything to anybody else, we all look at the picture or listen mm-hmm. to audio separately, and then you'll say, hey, here's this. Hey, here's this. Well, and I think it's so hard to look at pictures, especially because you don't know, like, the circumstances around it, you know, which it was taken. You don't know the weather conditions or what the environment in a place is like, and, mm-hmm. you know, it makes it really difficult to then try to decipher whether or not you have something or you don't. Um you know, I think that when you get something that's an anomaly like that, the best thing to do is to try to recreate it. You know, go out, try to get the same conditions to happen again. Did we have a writer back on that one to say hey? I think we did. Um, if Maybe not, try to recreate that. I don't think we did. The second put, time put the right? recorder. I mean, the in a in a nutshell, it was a recorder laying down on this like cement thing, mm-hmm. like a flower cement pot sort of, and there was leaves, and it looked like it was sitting in a like a little forest area. But there was a couple close up shots, and there's the recorder, and on the recorder screen, we what what they saw, what they believe they saw was a priest's face. Yeah, like a preacher or something. Or a preacher yeah. in the screen of the recorder mm-hmm. now that's uh, i couldn't catch it at first because uh, i was looking at other things you know there was like you said there was watermark for the pictures on it then we got to clear the other pictures without the watermark then there was um the the strap to the recorder that we thought maybe that looked like something you know because a lot of times if you do get a moving entity or something it leaves a streak or a tail so we thought it was that, but eventually, you know, we had to come to terms going back and forth with this person that, hey, uh, we kind of see it, but we don't. And that's just... And if you're not familiar with, like, the specific recorder that they're using, you don't know what's popping up on there, you know. Right. I mean, you don't look at it right away and think, oh, hey, that's a priest. Well, that could have been the lighting, too, the way it the is. picture was taken. Yeah, you don't think... Angles, so it's... But it then is. when they said that, I was like, oh, yep, there it is. You could see what they're talking about. Yeah, I had a hard time seeing it. But then again, 
you know, I'm not always the easiest when it comes to like looking at evidence or something like that. And even when it comes to audio, you know, after I listen to it a few times and you guys, you're like, you don't hear it, you don't hear it. And then as soon as you say it, I hear it. But then again, that could be the whole, the whole thing about it. You're like, oh yeah, here you go. Guess what? That did say, you're a bag of shit. What are you doing in my house? You know, and I'm hearing nothing. <laughs> so... But yeah, the whole review process and stuff like that. Yeah, so um, I think, you know, without giving out too much information, Sarah was the person that contacted us. Right. I just, you know, thank you for reaching out because I, I think it's it's really important to have other people in the paranormal community that are actively doing things and kind of, you know, it's good when people reach out and we can kind of work with each other and you know, get opinions and that sort of thing. So yeah, we like getting mail. We don't want to be a holes that don't respond. But I, I we just, had a chupacabra problem. problem yeah, so. I just doubled. I just mm-hmm. double checked, and there wasn't. So what we're talking about right now, I actually just sent her a message because, you know, I want to make sure we do those kinds of things. We usually are really good about getting back to people, but when chupacabras are eating parts of the studio, it's, it's like hard. my dog ate my homework. The chupacabra actually took a shit right here <laughs> earlier. Just so you guys know, I'm, I'm totally serious. He took a crap right there. <laughs> I I'm, had to air this room out. I'm glad I didn't set my bag there. Yeah. <laughs> it's been wow. cleaned. Maybe it needs a mm-hmm. chupacabra partner. Well, that's where he's at right now. Oh, we have chupacabra classes or playtime? Chupacabra kindergarten starts on Wednesday. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. This must be a nice field to be in. Sure. Can, we talk, can we talk about Halloween now? Yeah. <laughs> 17 minutes into the episode, we start the topic. (laughs) Breaking our own records. Okay, so, kids, um, maybe we've done this before, but your favorite Halloween memory. My favorite Halloween memory? Mm -hmm. Oh, God, probably um, getting dressed up as a kid and going trick-or-treating, like, when it wasn't freezing or raining or snowing or any of that kind of stuff. I liked being a witch. That was my favorite costume. A witch? Yeah, I was a witch like a lot of years. That's so stereotypical. <laughs> but there was also like I was Glenda the Good Witch one time. Um, I was like a, I was like the Wicked Witch from The Wizard of Oz. So you spread her on. I was like a glamour witch. Then I was just like a regular witch. Glitter yeah. witch. Yeah, I was all <clears throat> different kinds of witches. Witch, but, witch. but was there any night that really like any Halloween that you did st- that, that would stand out to you and be like, wow, that was like really fun. Probably one of, like, the last times I went trick-or-treating. And I don't remember exactly how old I was, but... Ten years ago. I wish. (laughs) It was, uh... I remember it being really fun, though, because we were, like, older, you know? So my parents were just like, yeah, just come back at this time. And we were able to just kind of go without our parents Mm -hmm. being there. And we made, like, homie socks. Do you remember... In Living Color, that mm-hmm. show, like aging myself here. And you remember Homie the Clown? Mm-hmm. How he had this, the tube sock that had flour in it? <laughs> yes. And it must have been like the year that that came out because we had made these. And we just basically ran around hitting people with the socks. So everybody had like their nice Halloween costumes on and just had like big splotches of flour from where the Homie sock hit them. Wow. Yeah, that was good times. I used to go in my neighborhood, and we'd go with a bunch of kids to my uncle's house, and we would just, like, go up and down every street possible. And then we would cruise out to, like, the suburbs that I thought aren't really suburbs, but um, nicer houses, and we would just, a pack of us would just walk up and down the street and come home with, like, mounds and mounds. And it was always them. My two uncles were always the two places that it really, I was like, wow, this is awesome. And, uh... Never had anything scary happen on Halloween. I always felt bad going up and, like, knocking on people's doors and asking for candy. Why? Because I'm, like, introverted and shy to begin with, so it was, like, super awkward to have to go up and knock on a stranger's door and be like, trick-or-treat, like, thanks. I, like, almost never went trick-or-treating because of that. Because you were, like, Which was so sad. I missed out. (laughs) So you really don't have a fair memory or just the one time that you went? I didn't. I never did it a whole lot. You know, if I did, I just went few houses here and there and that was it okay so it's so sad the best though was probably when i got older and i was like in my 20s by then and uh i would just like watch horror movies all, all, the, all the time see that's sweet. all october nice not just halloween nice so your favorite candy bar 
This is a question you should have asked me in advance because that's a really hard question. Oh my god. Pick one. <laughs> it's not that hard. <clears throat> it really is. I'll break it down for you. Cause there's this is there a science to your candy love? Yeah, so like everybody likes Reese's, right? Reese's cups, Reese's Reese's cups. Et likes Reese's pieces. Um, I like Kit Kats. <laughs> I might have to go to Kit Kats. Kit Kats are my favorite. Yeah, Kit Kats, Reese's. I like them all. Um, I actually, before this episode started, I found a list of the most popular candies, Halloween candies, by state. Do you know what New York State is? Which is where we are. Yeah, Musketeers. No. No. Oh. pops. No. What are they? Blow Pops is West Virginia. Sour Patch Kids. Ugh, really? That's the number one? Yeah. Uh -uh. Both my kids eat that shit like it's out of style. No way. I'm like, that's that's not even, that shouldn't even be a... New York is a disgrace because number one is Sour Patch Kids. Do you want to know what number two and number three is? Ugh, go ahead. Number two, and I didn't even think people actually ate this, candy corn. Ugh. My daughter just brought home a jar of it the other day. Number three, hot tamales. No. These are not Halloween Boo. candies. Well, I mean, candy corn is technically, but it's disgusting. But Sour Patch Kids, 203,000 pounds of it were sold for Halloween uh, in New York State. It must be super cheap or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, why couldn't we be like Arizona, which had Snickers, or... Rich people live in Arizona, that's why. Wisconsin had Butterfingers. Um, let's see. Kansas, oh, I Kansas like. and Texas, Reese Cups. I also, like. or Oregon, Oregon, Snickers for Florida, Alaska. What do we think? Mm. Seal pelts. <laughs> no, okay. I was going to say something fishy like that, but uh, let's go with. They Alaska. don't have a lot of choices up there. Uh, let's go with Hershey Kisses. Nope. Marijuana. <laughs> That's Colorado. <laughs> it is Twix. Really? Yeah, Twix. Some of these states are even more pathetic than New York because they have candy corn as their number one. Hmm. Michigan, Iowa, New Mexico. What the hell are you guys doing? Idaho, Alabama. Candy corn, really, people? That was my stomach. Yeah, it was a demon. I was afraid we had demons. Did you ever get money? Did people ever give you like yes? I seem to remember getting like dimes, quarters, like a nickels, dollar, maybe. You got a dollar? Who in your neighborhood was handing out dollars? I vaguely remember like a dollar. Oh my god! You must have had like ten kids in your neighborhood. Yeah. Who could do that? I don't know. It's like those houses that hand out the full size candy bars. Mm-hmm. See, when I rarely went trick or treating, you know, that's one of the ones you got to hit up. Oh yeah. None of these fun size crap things mm-hmm. that they didn't have back then. What's your favorite candy bar? I like Kit Kats. Yeah, you like Kit Kats? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm Kit Kat Reese's Three Musketeers. I like those Reese cups, though. Did you try the new ones with the Reese pieces I in like them? Yes. Too. Babe Talk Ruth's about a diabetic stream. I like Butterfingers. I like Twix. Babe Ruth? No. Really? It's okay. So you like uh, one of those grand bars, $100,000 grand? Snickers. No, those I don't like because they've got like too much caramel in it. Like the baby roosts are nice because they have nu- that like nuggety kind of stuff too. So it's not like Nougat. pulling off Nougat. the feelings. Nougat. I don't like things that make me feel like my teeth are going to fall out of my head when I eat them. Mississippi, three musketeers. Sweetest fish. Mm. Let's see. Does anybody have sweetest fish? Is there number one? I don't think so. Here's a fun fact. I'll just throw some fun facts out during this whole show. Let's do it. Do you know when um, Halloween first, like candy first started to be sold for Halloween for trick-or-treating? Oh, I saw that, and did I take that down as a note? Because I said, hey, somebody else in the group might come to this roundtable and talk about it. No, 1849. Nope. You got a guess? 1952. Nope. Yeah. Oh, what? 52 is for something in this. I don't know, I just randomly spit out the year. Something happened in the 50s, but commercial, like, it became commercially acceptable as a holiday, and decorations started to be sold, and candies were specifically, like, made for Halloween in the 1970s. Oh, I saw it. Somebody lied. Yep. 1970s. 
But they were trick-or-treating before that. So, okay. If we don't get into, like, the history history, like, I'm talking, like, you know, the Celtic whole history of Halloween, but if you just look at it when it came to the United States, 1800s, and it was the Ulster Protestants from Ireland that settled in the U.S. in the 1800s, and they brought over their tradition of Halloween, and it it started to spread to all their neighbors. So in the 1930s, pranking became part of Halloween. Mischief night. And it became such a major issue that it was like destroying American neighborhoods. So by the 1950s, most cities had traded in their pranks for trick-or-treating. Really? Yeah, trick-or-treating became well, like a commercial thing in the 50s. So so I have this, like, I just want you know, surfing for like unknown facts about Halloween because everyone has like Halloween stories or different things that have happened. Um, kind of like you're talking about the pranks and stuff. I have a fact here that it's actually on the law. It's illegal to buy silly string in Hollywood, California. From 12.01 a.m. October 31st to November 1st, sales are banned. People would <clears throat> buy thousands of these cans of silly string on Halloween, and they'd go spray up Hollywood Boulevard everywhere. So they, they put a law out there that if you're caught with it, $1,000 fine, or you could do six months in jail. Some places don't sell eggs around Halloween. Mm-hmm. Well, I can... Well... Yeah, that's... I don't know. Eggs are too much, that's I think. a bit extreme. Yeah. I mean, toilet paper up in trees, that shit will eventually come down. <laughs> but anyway. Um, See, I don't think a lot of that kind of stuff happens anymore because most millennials are too clued to, like, their phones or their gaming systems to be outside. Oh, that's true, like too. That. <laughs> that's true, too. They're just on Facebook and Snapchat and things like, you know, bashing each other. And that's what they do for Halloween now. I don't I don't think Halloween's changed that I don't much. even think kids trick-or-treat anymore. I don't know, do they? Now they Not on my street. No. Now they trick-or-treat. They do these, like, trunk-or-treat events where, like, a bunch of cars park in, in parking lots and or open churches. up their trunks. And give candy out of their trunks. I've never heard of this. It started You've never heard in of a Florida. Treat? Started in Florida. It happens everywhere up the now. East Coast. Yep, now it's, it's safer. It's safer. So, so a lot of the churches and some of these places lure you in. You know, oh, here's a piece of candy and take our pamphlet. Well, it's so funny that they happen in church parking lots, considering like the origins. Of I was there it is. So I was saying. I thought that's where you were going. There it is. Oh, I got all that. I just don't want to like drop the factoids. Because drop them, sister. Sister, what, you really want to know? Yeah. So okay, Halloween, October thirty first. Boo. Samhain is what it was originally called. Samhain. Samhain. Sounds like you're feeding a cattle or something. Yeah, well, that's what or it was. Or is that suey? So Halloween happens when it does because it was the beginning of the winter season. So it was the end of the harvest. That's why they did it. So the calendar, the wheel of mm-hmm. the year, and all these different changes that happen. So, winter is coming. Winter is coming for the Game of Thrones fans. Oh, no. Um, and livestock would be slaughtered at that time. So, they would have a big celebration to, like, mark the end of the harvest. Livestock. And, is that where Woodstock came from? Yeah. You know, the cows with their tie-dyed shirts on. and Damn hippie cows. <laughs> hippie cows. Hippie cow. <laughs> so, that's really what, what it was about. It was about... The um, end of the harvest festival and people having bonfires and celebrating, you know, everything that takes place as a result of that. So pagans, before there was Christians, started a whole bunch of traditions around this. And then when Christianity came and tried to, you know, knock knock out the pagans, (laughs) they tried to adapt it to be... Like an All Saints Day on November 1st. Right. So that way people could still celebrate, sort of, but it had Christian connotations then. It's the twist. Yeah. So that didn't really hang on, so they ended up changing it a couple more times. But I think that the whole tradition of Halloween just kind of morphed into like a more commercialized version, which made it more acceptable. And when immigrants came especially... The traditions of like lighting the jack-o'-lanterns and bobbing for apples and all those kinds of things because no one knew the real origin of that stuff was like this looks fun <laughs> so before you know it whole you know towns and neighborhoods are 
getting dressed up and having parties and that's really how it evolved but it was a it was a, a holiday that was religious based initially and seeped in a lot of tradition and everything that you see in modern day Halloween you know mm-hmm. everything from the decorations to the colors to everything that's done has an origin that dates back to like the Celtic people and you said something interesting about it going commercial yeah, there's a little weird fact out there. So commercialized now. Well, yeah, Halloween candy, Halloween and candy um, industry supposedly influenced daylight savings time. I hate that. They lo- yeah, <laughs> they lobbied to extend hours in November to keep the kids out one hour later, and people would buy more candy. They wanted it so bad that in 1985 hearings, they put candy pumpkins on all the senators' chairs. Um, they denied that they did that, but. There's no proof that they didn't do it or did do it either, but there was a big thing about that, how they controlled that <clears throat> back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah, so um, I don't know. I mean, for me, for what I do in my life and what I practice, it's our new year. So that's kind of the celebration that we have for it. Um, you know, we consider it like the start of the new year because at the it's the end of the summer, the end of the harvest. It's when everything starts to go dark. So on the calendar, on like the the wheel year kind of situation that a lot of pagans, witches, whatever you know, Wiccans, whatever you want to say, that follow this kind of calendar. Mm-hmm. The next holiday after this one is Imbolic, which happens in February. So. This is like a time of the year when you start to go dormant. Right. And then that's really what Embolic is about is that now you've made it through that time and now you're starting to come back into the light again. So it's um, every holiday that is on that calendar has a specific meaning based on the time of the year that it happens. So this is all about shutting down, you know, going dark, getting ready for the winter that's about to come. So... By going dark and shutting down, you just kind of... It's like the end of the cycle. So you zone, and you just like, okay, I have free time. I'm not really going to put any effort well, and thought into this. I mean, you put, you put energy into things still, but it's not like the best time of the year to be doing those kinds of things, because now you're kind of, it's, it's waning at this point. Okay. Before it starts to then cycle back up again when like the first thaw happens and the first signs of spring take place, and that's really when the up cycle starts again. Because it's all about, you know, closing the loop kind of a thing. Okay. So there's a lot of um, interesting things that happen as a result of, you know, what takes place during this time of the year. And a lot of people don't really realize it, but it's like you kind of subconsciously start to do that even if it's not, if you don't realize you're doing it. You know, like you start to get ready for fall. What do people do? You know, they start winterizing their yeah. cars, their houses. It's almost a, it's, yeah. even though it's nice out, it's like even though the sun is still beating down nicely, I just, it's so funny you say that. I was on my back deck the other day, and I was looking around some of the flower pots that got out of control and stuff, and I'm like, okay, get that, got to put that in the shed, got to do this, okay, I can take down the lawn chairs. You automatically, mm-hmm. even though it was a bright, sunny day, I'm thinking, you know the sun's different, you know, where it sits in the sky at the time, and everything just feels different it's like when you say you're changing over yeah like when you're driving in september or late september october and you look up to the sky and you see these big gray puffy clouds it's like oh those are winter clouds or that's that's what's coming it's just a natural change yeah so a lot of people believe that you know it's easier to communicate with spirits on halloween that the veil thins that it's the time of the year it's you know the rituals that take place around that and there's like a lot of things that are related you know that had origin at some point that we still do today but i found some interesting things going through this that i didn't even know so did you guys ever hear about the straw boys in ireland mm-hmm. no so i thought this was kind of fun so young single men would wear suits of white straw and they would carry out pranks at the homes of young ladies Nice. So they would go and they would do things like stuffing the chimneys so the houses would get filled with smoke. They would unhitch gates. 
Sounds fun. They would like play all these things. <laughs> but the best part about it that I really thought was funny is that they would force their way into the kitchens of spinsters' houses and demand a dance and steal some food. <laughs> hey, man, it's about food. I thought that was really funny. Like, you know, you just imagine like the little old lady who's like been single all of her life. She's like the town spinster and all these like guys come rushing in and just dancing with her in her kitchen and laughing. And I want to see like modern day millennial hipsters bring this back. Oh, my God. Could you well, imagine? now it no. sounds like the purge. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> it was so innocent then. But that's really um, like the start of what they consider to be like trick-or-treating. So they used to call it guising. Guising or souling. Yep. And that was like the whole purpose of it was to kind of like play tricks and, you know, do these kinds of things. Like the candy and part didn't come in until... Well, that, know, that's funny. Much later on. That's because that was one of my things that I was talking or looking up was this whole... Um, Guising or souling, as you say, but as I'm paging through this mess of notes, um, yeah, adults begging, they would be poor, it would be children, you know, they want food and money exchange for songs and prayers, it was all called, you know, souling. So that's kind of like the very earliest version of it. Yeah. Well, and the whole thing with the costumes is that, you know, druids, the priests, when they used to do these rituals um you know so they believe that druids ancient celtic people believe that you know the veil thins spirits are walking the earth because it's the only night they get to do it because the veil is so thin so they're coming back and they're you know walking around and they're gonna you know try to invade your house and Lesson cause bullshit. problems they can't wait and fairies are coming like all these things are coming so the fairies, coming. The fairies are coming the fairies are coming, the fairies are coming. So what they would do is when they were doing rituals, they would wear masks so that it disguised themselves so that no one knew who they were and, you know, the spirits wouldn't try to, like, attack them during these things. And that then became something that people in general started doing to protect themselves mm-hmm. and ward off the spirits. And then before you know it, it just kind of evolved. And then really in, like, the 1940s, 1950s is when, like, the plastic costumes started to come out. It's much easier. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever seen Halloween costumes from, like, 1920, 1930, they are Creepy. spooky. Holy crap. Yeah, not like today's fun stuff. They are so freaky looking. Hey, I got the scream mask. Yeah. <laughs> yeah? All right. Do you feel like nowadays it's, like, so hard to scare people just because we're so completely just desensitized yeah. to it all? I'll tell you what. I went trick-or-treating. It's so funny. And I, I just don't understand grown adults these days, unless they've been unless they've been sheltered and they don't really get into like, you know, scary movies and stuff like that. We were going up and down our streets, and a couple people got together, and they dressed up as Jason, uh, Michael Myers. Uh, they did Texas Chainsaw, and what they did was that whole different block of all the streets. As you're trick-or-treating, you'd see him standing there like you'd see Jason standing behind a tree. Or he would walk down the middle of the street. And you know it was an adult. And people are like, oh my god, there's Jason. And then you turn around and there's Jigsaw on the next street walking down. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. They got this down. you know. And then Mike Myers you know, with, a, with a, a knife and stuff like that. But some of the people I was with, they were like genuinely scared. And I'm like... It's just, yeah, you don't know, though. They could be creepy. They could actually be, I'm like, oh, my God. If they're going to come after us, it's not like they won't be seen. You know? It's so, like it's like when everyone freaked out about the clowns a couple of years back. Yeah. Showing up. Yeah. They had an article just saying that uh, somewhere down south again, they a couple of them came up. And I was just like, oh, here we go again. You know? <laughs> Damn clowns. I feel like I'm always like the resident basher of Christianity on this show, but you know it's all the Christians' fault that like everything gets destroyed. Even kids' lives. <laughs> it's just kids? so. It's just so wrong. So, can we talk a little bit about the jack o' lantern? Since that's like such oh, an iconic. Gonna, you got the story. Piece of well, let's see if if my story is like your story. I will let you know. Okay, so the curious name of the jack-o'-lantern appears to reflect the church's early efforts to link Halloween and its pagan customs to Christianity's fearful prince of darkness, as Jack is another name for the devil, especially in England. Did you know that? 
Yet an old folk tale that hails from Ireland attributes the invention of the jack-o'-lantern to a man whose name was Jack. Are okay. we on the same? Are we on the same page so far? Hmm. Disliked by nearly everyone in the village, Jack was notorious for his drunkenness and mean disposition. Jack sounds like an asshole. Yep, he sure does. He was drinking in the local pub when the time came for the devil to claim his doomed soul. Mm-hmm. He talked the devil into having one last drink with him before taking him to hell. And that always reminds me of, like, the devil went down to Georgia. <laughs> but after they finished their drinks, Jack informed the devil that he did not have enough money on him to pay for the drinks. <laughs> yep. So he clearly convinced the devil to change himself into a sixpence and then change himself back to his true form after Jack paid for the tote of grog. The devil agreed to the plan, but as soon as he transformed himself into a shiny new sixpence, Jack snatched the coin from the tabletop and without hesitation deposited it into his coin purse, which had a silver catch in the shape of a cross. The devil, rendered powerless by the cross, mm-hmm. was trapped inside the coin purse and unable to escape. Huh. Upon his death, heaven would not permit Jack to enter the pearly gates because he was filled with too much greed. He was also denied entering to hell because he had managed to trick the devil, which understandably angered his satanic majesty to an extent that no mortal has ever angered him before. Jack was eating a turnip when the irate devil threw him a lighted coal from the fiery pit of hell. How the devil managed to escape the coin purse and return to his infernal abode is not clear. No one knows how that happened. (laughs) Sometimes legends are... They have holes. Just a plot yeah. hole. But Jack picked up the coal and placed it inside the turnip, creating a lantern, which he then used to illuminate his way as his restless spirit wandered the earth in search of a final resting place. That's kind of what I got out of it. Yeah, he went to the bar. He went to the bar. <clears throat> I love how it, how it starts off, no matter which version you hear. He's going to a pub. Exactly. He's, he's getting drunk. So a guy walks into a bar with the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Says, hey, let me buy you a drink. No, the jack-o'-lantern, um, what is it? The, 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 uh, represents the, the lantern of the lost spirit of uh, Stingy Jack or Jack Stingy. Jack sat down one day to have a drink with the devil. <clears throat> and Jack talked to the devil. It talked the devil, talked the devil into buying... The drinks, so he, you know, changed them into coins and all this, and the devil did so. And Jack said, "Okay, so I have the devil and the coin," and he put it in his pocket, and he made a deal with the devil, saying, "You can't come back until blah 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 blah." Jack Jack told the devil he would free him if he agreed to leave Jack alone for one year, because he couldn't pay for the bar the bar tab, the bar tab. Did I have that back then? <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. So he had to leave him alone for a year. And if Jack died within the year, the devil could not take his soul. Okay? The devil agreed and left Jack alone for that year. Well, when the year <clears throat> was nearly up, the devil returned to Jack and asked um, to pick up a piece of fruit off of a tall tree. So the devil went up the tree. Why is the devil doing anything Jack asked? That's what I want to know. Here comes the cross that you speak of. Okay. So Jack put the cross at the bottom of the tree and the devil couldn't come back down because of the cross. And he also made the devil promise to leave him alone for 10 years. And the devil's like... He's making a lot of promises. Yeah. He's making like, the devil look like a dumbass. I, I got this. Okay, 10 years? Sure. Well, the second year of that deal, Jack died. And, uh, well, like you said... God wouldn't let him into the pearly gates because he had too much shit. He had a big bag to bring in. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. And took the coal. Ended up, you know, lost and unclaimed. Da, 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 the soul was a piece of coal. Went into a turnip. Because that was originally the deal. It wasn't pumpkins or anything like that. It was a turnip. And that's where the light came in and the jack-o'-lantern name came from. I know that was kind of a wispy kind of story but they kind of all play together yeah. with a lot of deals being made except that what really happened is that before any of that came out people used carved turnips with hot coals in them to light their way throughout the night so that they didn't get lost because they thought that if they got lost they would be mm-hmm. taken by spirits so that's really what the purpose of that was not nearly as glamorous or as interesting mm-hmm. as the Jack story no. do you think that's where Jackass came from? Mm. 
Could be. Because he you was He wasn't ass, but he was smart. <laughs> he was a smart ass. Well, that's what they say. That's true. Asses I didn't are very realize smart. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, chaos is becoming this house soon. Uh-oh. I need into the studio. The chupacabra's going to be here? I think the chupacabra. I could sense the chupacabra's presence. Uh-oh. Mm. Yeah. I know, because we're waiting for this the chaos. This is the calm before the storm. This is going to be a storm. Absolutely. Um, so. Well, we got some short little facts that I looked up. If, are you still... Well, no, Allison, go ahead. are you still going? Nope, you go. Um, you go. We, all know, we all know the black go cat. Go, girl. Um, if a black cat appears at your window, um, death will be coming to a family, your family soon. If bats are flying around on Halloween, means ghosts are nearby. I've never heard that. If you hear footsteps... Behind you on Halloween, don't look back. The dead are coming for you. If you hold your, you should hold your breath when you go by the cemetery. That means that you're keeping evil spirits from coming into you. Also, if you go by a house that you know is haunted or a graveyard or knew someone has died, um, people would turn their pockets inside out so the ghost couldn't get into their pockets and come home with them. Well, I've told you guys before that when I was little, we used to hold our breaths when we passed cemeteries because we thought that that would keep the spirits from getting in yeah uh, yeah I, yeah there's some weird stories out there about rituals when you go by cemeteries well I just get mad because of how things get twisted around because you know like black cats were never a bad thing black cats it's like all the way back to Egyptian times like the goddess Bast mm-hmm. was a black cat they were like revered you could be killed in ancient Egypt for killing a cat. That's how much they were like. They were cat people. They were. They were. They thought that that was the that actual mm-hmm. incarnation of the goddess Bast in every cat. So they really like held them to very high regard. And it didn't become a bad thing until the Middle Ages happened and the burning time started, and some wackadoo religious person said, "Oh, well, mm-hmm. black cats are familiars for witches." That's why they're bad. That's how the whole entire superstitions about black cats started. This is the Middle Ages. They became a symbol of the devil and his disciples. Most Europeans believed that the cats were the animal form of a witch's familiar. So all that whole thing about black cats being bad luck and don't let them cross your path and all of those things that you hear, it all relates back to the changes that came from, you know... So it's fake news from the Middle Ages. It is. <laughs> it's propaganda. It's that, that's where it started. Propaganda. But the same thing with bats. Like, bats didn't have a bad connotation until they started to say, right. oh, well, they're, you know, messengers from the devil. They're bad. They're sinister. And then all of a sudden it became like, ooh, vampires turn into bats. They do. That's what I understand anyway. <laughs> only this, Only certain kinds of vampires, you know. Not the sparkly ones. No. No, not at all. Um, I had something in here relating to vampires. What? I had like a fact sheet about all the most popular like traditional scary monster costumes that people typically go for for Halloween. I want to be a vampire. We did a whole episode on this though, so. Mm -hmm. Oh, what, costumes? No, not costumes, (laughs) vampires. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> we'll do uh, we'll do the costume episode uh, next time. <laughs> just costumes in general, not Halloween costumes. Oh, just costumes <laughs> in general. Okay. Just any particular costume. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, the chupacabra is loose. Chupacabra, he's alive and in charge. I've never seen a two-tone chupacabra. Well, well that's hair plugs. Remember? Yeah. Oh, that's it. So, so can you change it like weaves? I don't know. Is it hot in here? <laughs> it's getting hot in here. Oh, here, I'll just show them. Okay. Buddy. Aw. So nice of the people that come and take care of us while we're in the Parabattle studio. I know. That's it's, our... It's uh, amazing. Chupacabra and the Chupacabra's assistant. <laughs> <laughs> He's got it. The assistant yeah. to the Chupacabra. <laughs> so, yeah, costumes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Oh, oh God. Paul, this is Halloween yeah. science. This is from Live Science. We're sorry, people. We promise that we'll get back into the swing of things 
at know, some point. When the Chupacabra crashes show, shit just happens. <laughs> um, so what I have is, you know, the science, air quotes, yes. from LiveScience.com behind some of the most, you know, traditional Halloween monsters. So vampires, let's see. The modern concept of the blood-sucking, coffin-snoozing vampire comes from Bram Stoker's 1897 novel Dracula. Mm -hmm. But vampire history goes much deeper than the Count. A 16th century woman in Venice, Italy was found buried with a brick lodged in her mouth. What? It was a medieval method to prevent a vampire from rising. In Poland, skeletons from the 17th and 18th century cemeteries are sometimes unearthed with sickle sickles across their necks or rocks beneath their chins which is another example of early anti-vampire technology yeah i do remember that, that mm-hmm. people thought they would rise from the dead mm-hmm. that was early didn't they, didn't they technology. even put bells on people's toes and feet because they would bury people alive thinking they were dead yeah i think and that then was they didn't really no they were thinking they were dead yeah that's what i just said no yeah you yeah. said alive thinking they were dead i said no yeah they were dead you sure? Buried them alive they thinking, thinking they were dead. dead. Thinking they were dead. Yeah. They buried them alive okay. thinking they were dead. So when they woke up. Right. Not dead thinking they were alive. They could ring the thinking bell. Thinking that, well, just in case they yeah. woke up. Because they were wanted. Because they thought dead they were dead. alive. Oh, man. <laughs> we all walked into that one. <laughs> so, yeah, bells and whistles. Yeah. Zombies was another big one. Oh, don't get Jeff started. He's so mm-hmm. over the zombie culture. Its uh, roots are in Haitian religious beliefs. Its yeah. roots aren't in Walking Dead? Because I feel like that's the only time I ever knew about zombies. No. Right, Jeff? Jeff was into zombies before they were cool, as we were saying before the Before. Started. I was into 70s zombies. 70s zombies. Dawn of in the Dead. In the 80s. Day, day of the Dead. He was way ahead of that trend. I was ahead of that trend. Um, I liked... Things that move slow, and if they caught you, they would eat you and then turn you into them. So you liked zombies when they were still, like, brains. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. That was that. That was Return of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Let's not confuse that. Okay. That's more of a comical one. Because zombies yeah. don't, they don't talk now in, like, modern day stuff. No. They used to talk, like, back in the day. Just they? in Return. Well, just in Return, because they amped it up a little bit, mm-hmm. and... They gave him a little bit of a personality. Okay, so let me just ask you this. Okay. So what is the most legitimate version of the zombie? Oh. In pop culture. What is it? The most legitimate? Yeah. Would probably have to be... God. Like, from everything you know about zombies. Well, I mean, you can go back to the, 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 the terminology of zombie and go back into, like, voodoo. <laughs> Sorry, I just keep hearing zombie in my head. Zombie! <laughs> it's so funny because I just got, oh, we got all kinds of stories. I just told the guy yesterday, so your work was singing that song. I said, stop singing that song. The song sucked when it came out and it still sucks. <laughs> you just hate it because it's about zombies. No, the song just sucked. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> no, you can go back to the whole voodoo thing and people pe- being put under spells and, um, you know, they're a zombie. Slow moving, slow brained. Brains, uh, type of person, but for me in pop culture, as you say, I would. It's tough, man. I, I Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. It, there's zombie so, movies in the 20s and 30s that were kind of there, but what came into pop culture was George Romero putting it out there that these zombies would, you know, they wanted human flesh and they. They just chased you down slowly. So for those of us that aren't as well versed in, you know, horror culture, what is the difference between, like, Night of the Living Dead and, like, Walking Dead? Like, what is the difference in the zombies? Nothing. Yeah, they have the same kind of zombies. Do they? Yeah. So you would think that, like, that portrayal is, like, a legitimate portrayal yeah, of what the zombie, zombie is supposed to be? The zombie, the whole thing behind it is that they're brainless, but that's... Uh, Uh, We break this into many cultures here. Basically, they have to eat to survive, and when you get bit, you you turn over into a zombie. But there's so many different ways that you can portray a zombie in the sense of um, that they can actually think. Zombies go to places that, like in George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. Why are they all going to the mall? Because in human life, before they turn to a zombie. That's the things we did in social life. 
we went to a mall or we went to a movie or we went ice skating, which was all taking place in this mall. So people are doing, or they have some type of resemblance of a memory. Is that why they're in like herds and walking dead? Is it supposed to be like the same kind of concept? No, they were just, well, yeah, okay. Yeah. The herd mentality of just. Yeah, you go to the mall, lots of people go to the mall, so we're all there. Think about the wall in Galleria, you know, something like that, where you all kind of. I know he did that too, because it was not like people were always walking around malls like brainless and right because consumerism like, and yeah. you know they're there to buy stuff and it was a whole statement but wow that's like seriously say, deep it yeah, gets it deeper was. could you imagine deeper. if he, he did that now like <laughs> it would just be people looking at their phones yeah <laughs> well yeah I mean he actually in one of his last movies he had one of the zombies actually retrain himself and learn certain techniques and he was a zombie so and they're not supposed to have brains and they're not supposed to adapt but they did in this in his uh, land of the dead i believe and they, you know he figured out one of the zombies figured out how to shoot a gun by watching them get shot zombies get shot he learned how to slowly he figured it out which you know goes against the trend of you know, they can't think. Yeah, how is that even possible? Right. Because your brain has to work in order to, like... Right, so are you make dead? Your, make your... You're not dead. You're learning. You're, you're training yourself. So that can go back to the earliest forms of um, a bacterial bug or something. They learn how to... They learn how to um, adapt, well, change... Because I always thought that was weird. Like, and grow. Let's really, let's really talk about this for a second. So... And let's just use Walking Dead because I haven't seen a lot of the same stuff right. you guys have seen, but we've all seen that, and everybody yeah. pretty much knows that. So, if they can't think and they have no brains, then how do they? How do they figure out what prey is? You know what I'm saying? Like I never understood that. Like if they can't think, then how do they know to like seek out people? You know, because they they make noise. Like a person will make noise, and all of a sudden they all are alerted, which to me says that there's some kind of thing happening because your brain has to process something and then make your body move. I think it's their you know? brain did for the most part. It's just like the most basic need to feed. But I don't know why they have to eat human flesh. But you know what I mean? Like how yeah. would you even, t- to be hungry, to know that you're hungry, on some basic level, you still have to have something functioning. Right. Because otherwise you would just starve to death. So you have to have an appetite you have to want to eat. You have to track down whatever it is that is going to be that food supply. And obviously, I mean, they don't really care as long as it's living because they eat animals and whatever else, right? So some zombies, well. Yeah. Walking dead zombies do, I know. Yeah. Well, any kind of animal, anything alive. Right. Is, that's, and I mean, I, always, I understand where you're going. It's always really weird to me that to, like, get around the zombies, they just cover themselves in, like, the guts of other zombies because then that says to me that the zombies know enough that that's not something they should be eating. It's like so, almost like muscle memory. Are they... They know how to... They know certain... There are certain basic instincts that they can go to that they have that they might have not lost. See, that's, that's the whole mythology behind it. You don't have to totally explain it to the degree of the oh overthinker. <laughs> Sorry. No, but, but those are the people who won't sometimes watch a show because they... Because I don't get it. I can't put that all into, right. you know... Like, it, I just don't get it. Does it make sense? Because A doesn't equal B. B doesn't equal C. This I believe it more when they're like, brains. Because I feel like on a very basic level, like, that makes more sense. Like, there's something driving that, you know? Like, they have a desire yeah. that's... And that was a very different... Well, not very, but... That was a chemical spill, and... Yeah. That's, like, one of the few zombie movies that actually explains, too. Like, hey, these are why they're zombies. Right. It... Yeah. I mean, we could... You could pick apart the notion all the way down to, you know... Well, I'm just always surprised that, like, especially if you watch, like, you know, the after show from The Walking Dead. Yeah. Talking Dead. And it's, like, they talk about all these, like, crazy concepts about the show. They get super detailed into things, but no one's ever tried to figure out... How, why the zombies act the way they do. Um, suspended belief of animation works all the time. You have to separate your brain, especially when it comes to horror movies. You have to just take it and step out for what it is Maybe and, that's and why enjoy I just it. Can't, I can't, like, Some people can't do that. that yeah. Some people can't do that when it comes to, um, you know, us. this is stupid because it doesn't make any sense. You don't have to make sense. That's the beauty of 
zombie movies, monster movies, or uh, Bigfoot movies, anything like that. You don't have to make sense. You don't have to prove it. You know, we did a couple of films back in the day, and um, the director gave me the scripts to read. And I said something to him the one day. I go, well, this doesn't make any sense. He goes, you don't have to necessarily... Oh, we're shooting a scene. And I said, well, how are you going to explain that off? He goes, you don't have to explain it off. Because you're already in that suspended mode of, all right, I know this is not real. I'm in an altered world because what I'm watching doesn't exist in this real world. So when you go into the... Are you trying to tell us that zombies don't really exist? But I think, like, from a from a writing standpoint, I mean, you've done some writing. Mm-hmm. Rob's written, you know, some books. Mm-hmm. I, I've done that. I feel like from a writing standpoint, it's almost like a cop-out then, that you don't have to connect the dots. You don't. Well, that's kind of crap. <laughs> if you want people to, like, understand what your concepts are and, like, why things are unfolding the way they but do. I think most zombie movies, just in particular, they just... They're not so much about the zombies. Especially The Walking Dead now. Like, when do you ever even see the zombies come into it? Well, they're just filler. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, that has to happen at some point. Somebody's going to get attacked. Somebody's going to have to, like, you know, step over a zombie head while it tries to bite their ankles. They're like an afterthought now. Yeah. I feel like it's not the real, like, cusp of what the show is about anymore at all. It's, like, all about the actors that are in it. Well, wait a minute. You're super right there. You're watching, like, The Walking Dead and The Fear of the Dead, and you're like... You're into the storylines. It because they make sense. The zombies don't make sense. But you still, but you still believe it. You, you still believe in it because you're watching the show. Because you've you've taken that and going. I know this isn't going to happen. Well, because I want to like see people survive and like live through it. And I think that's a natural thing, you know, for any of any human being. You always want to see. Well, they, like, they, they, the the plot point is you you versus the zombies. The survival. What happens? Before, you know, say. I mean, frankly, it scares the crap out of me because I feel like at some point it could actually happen. I feel like there's it, it some is. weird, you like know. assaults. Remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. People were like eating other people's faces off and stuff, going nutso. But I do think that there is a possibility that you could have like some kind of virus at some point that would. like. They're saying we're in it people. now with the pills, with the way people use pills. What do you mean? Addictions and pills that were zombified. That's kind of what their their whole angle is. You know, we are in a, a world of zombies. You know, through prescription pills. That's pretty. And medicine that that is controlling That's us. Pretty deep, right there. Well, and I said, well, how can they be real zombies? And somebody else said, I said, no, they're talking about pharmaceutical. They're talking about this. We are a culture of zombies, and. You know, I don't see it that way, I, but we're raised in the sense of, you know, watching these movies, like zombies are dead and they're re- reanimated and they come back. And the real world is there's people out there that are so doped up, drugged, addicts, and that's kind of how they use the terminology zombie in a realistic way. So, I don't know. I think, I think when you watch stuff with zombies... Like you said, you know, you can overthink it to the point of splitting hairs with it. Or you can just accept the fact that, holy shit, my relatives just came back from the dead and they're hungry and they're going to chase us down and make it a very simple plot line. You know, like The Walking Dead, the whole series is based on the comic books and stuff. And that whole thing is you're taking people that have not been exposed to the virus and how are they going to survive in a world when everybody out there is wants to kill them and it's just not like a war right it's a it's a community it's a town it's everything so well how are you going to live all right well let's think about some of the real uh, realities of this well zombies have died okay so they're in the land they're in the soil it's a virus it's in the water mm-hmm. how do you how do you go from having nothing, all these towns wiped out, and how do you rebuild? How do you start the beginning over as a community of people that aren't affected by this? But everything around it says they're going to eat you, they're going to kill you, they're, it's going to end up being poisonous in your foods. I mean, how many different ways can you go and write the reality of the shows and make it 
sensible. Right. That's the word. Sensible to people who go, oh my God, if I was in this situation, I would do this, this, and this. You know? What happens to your fuel? How do you get around now? Do you go back to old days? You put up walls and forts like they did in some of these shows? I mean, I know we're kind of Halloween topic off here, but... Um, <laughs> Zombies are things people dress up as for Halloween. So, yeah. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawling in search of blood to terrorize your neighborhood. And whoever shall be found without the soul of forgetting down. What stands and face the hounds of hell or rot inside a corpse's shell? Can anyone name that? Thank you, Vincent Price. There it is. Because the best zombies of all time Yes. Or in the thriller video. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> so good to know. Because this is thriller. <laughs> thriller time. What a great, great episode to come back to. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we're running over a little time, but I got all kinds of goofy little facts. Well, I think we're going to have to part two this this bad boy. Yeah, let's part two it. You want right? to part two this? We can yeah. part two this. Yeah, because is that like partake? I the think souls we, are getting down. I think if we learned anything today, it's that we could have done an entire episode on zombies. All right. Because the souls are getting down. By any chance, did you see the? Uh, you guys on Twitter a lot or no? Never. No. Oh, I know. Okay, I'm kind of like back on Twitter a lot. Um, there's a picture of Vincent Price sitting, and it was when he was on the Muppet Show, and he's sitting there, and it's a green screen in the or a blue screen in the back, and then you see Kermit the Frog. And he comes up a little bit. He's on the side of Vincent. He looks at Vincent. He looks back at the camera. He opens his mouth. And Kermit the Frog's got two fangs. And then Kermit the Frog just lunges at Vincent Price's neck. It was funny. Kind of cool. For why, why was it funny, though? Because Kermit turned into like this vampire and bit Vincent Price, the master of horror. He was a vampire frog. The master of horror. Mm-hmm. The master. Well, I guess if you say so, then that's just what we have to go with, right? He just had a, you know what, he had a well, he had a, he had a voice for it. He could tell a story, and as soon as you put a spooky story in front of him and let him read it in his way, you know, it brings <laughs> them all in. He was like a master at that, though. I mean, yeah. Anybody can tell you that that's something that no one will. You Do you know, know who owns his ashes? True. Someone owns his ashes. Yes. Who owns his ashes? They're good friends. She's dead now. Um, Elvira? Oh, no, <laughs> she's, she's alive. alive. She's hotter than hell. Hey. Um, the comedian, Joan... Uh, Joan, Joan Rivers? Joan Rivers. Oh. They're real good friends. So, I don't know where the ashes went. You're not sure? No. Suddenly I want some brains, though. We're going to have to find out in part two. Do you have any brains that we can eat while we're... I'm sure we got some in the freezer we can warm up. It's a catchy tune for all those that couldn't just see Jeff try to do his <laughs> up dance. Alright, so to be continued. Paradevil, back in action. Yep.